overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Good evening and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Laura, we're back. Season six. That's right. We think it's season six. That's. I think I saw that in print, whether it's true or not. I visited our podcast a few weeks ago, and I do think it said that there were five seasons. So, so this could be so season six. I think six. we can safely say season six. I think we can also safely say that we are not mentally organized. Well, I'm certainly not. You are more. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think we've also decided, just like spoiler alert, this is the last summer that we're releasing these in the summer. This mm-hmm. is too hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, May. We start recording in May for the summer Sucks. and then release them. And it's just... And I'm sorry for my language. Yes, but it's terrible. And so I think we're going to start recording them in the summer and releasing them in the fall so there's not so much pressure. I, I felt... And we don't have to start in May anymore because May is horrible. I felt legit despair looking at my email... Um, and our guest who we'll get to in just a second has a senior, so I can't even imagine how you're feeling. I felt despair looking at my email. There were like three sign up geniuses in there, four different events. And I thought I have had too many children. Oh yes. Well, and I, I think I told you last week about getting, um, the email from Molly Dykstra <laughs> about, um, the Jerusalem project meals. And, um, I called Molly and I said, your email could not have come at a worse time. And um, and then we decided that was going to be the name of my memoirs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I like when I start works. writing my memoirs, they're going to be dedicated to Molly Dykstra. <laughs> and the title of the book is Your, Me- Your Email Could Not Have Come at a Worse Time. <laughs> but our guest tonight is my neighbor and new friend, Angie Shield. Hello. Shields. Shields with an S? Shields with an S. S. Okay. Yes. Okay. But there's just one of you. There is just one of me. Welcome. I wish I could clone myself. (laughs) That would be very helpful in May specifically. Yes. That would be, um, yeah, y'all, like this podcast recording, I feel like that can be the title of my memoir. Is what? This podcast could not have come at a worse time, but I'm very (laughs) glad to be here. I just feel like I have no more margin for May. And everybody I see and start talking to, I'm like, hey, how are you? Isn't May the worst? It is. I think it's worse than December. And I don't know if it's just that we're like fully, fully back post-pandemic stuff. And so it just feels extra crazy. Um, Or if it's just that all of my kids are in school now because Lincoln's in kindergarten. It could be that. I don't know. It's terrible to me, and I only have two kids. Mm. So I don't know. My mom says I wish away a fourth of my life because I say that I don't like August, December, or May. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, that is a fourth of your life. Yeah. August, December. Yeah, that Yeah, is. that feels fair. It I don't, is. I don't love those either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think those, those get too be, busy. 
in August is so bling bling hot, it's easy to despair. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as a, a school counselor, like August really That's just right. kind of stinks. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really rough. So. For real. Well, Angie, why don't you just give us like tell us a little bit of a, about yourself? Like, where are you from? How did you become a Christian? Just the Reader's Digest. 10,000 foot overview. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I grew up in Nebraska. So mm-hmm. go Cornhuskers mm-hmm. for those of you that know anything about Nebraska. So you and Molly Dykstra. Yes. Mm-hmm. Molly and I can totally relate with that. And I, um, you know, I think I was, up, I don't know what day I was born on, but I joke that I was born on a Tuesday and in church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that really was the way that it was. Um, I, We'll say that my faith became real to me in high school. I went to a Christ in Youth conference, and while I had been baptized in junior high, you know, I was getting ready to have surgery on my knee, and I was scared I was going to die on the table. Mm. So I had, well, I was baptized prior to having that, but that obviously was not a. That's a heavy thought for. A it was. Teacher. It was. Um, but my faith did not become real to me. Until I was in high school when mm. I went to a Christ in Youth conference. And so I became a believer at that point. Mm. Um, obviously went through highs and lows throughout my life. Um, but I really feel as though I have just kind of built upon that faith from that point in time. That is a significant significant period that sticks out to me where I felt like the Lord really showed up and just reminded me that he was real to me mm-hmm. like it just became more personal yes and so um i went to college in illinois um i went to a bible college there got a degree in teaching i um actually met a man that was going to be a youth pastor and i got married mm. and uh, moved to missouri and spent three years teaching there Um, we moved to Texas after, um, three years there so that I could get my master's degree. I got my master's in counseling. And, um, at that point we were going through some infertility. And so that's a a long story of mine or a long part of my story. It took us five really long, hard years to get pregnant, uh, with a lot of loss in the midst of that. Mm. Um, and then when I finally did get pregnant, um, I had a really hard high risk pregnancy where I spent most of it on bed rest, a lot of it in the hospital. And then, um, I finally had this beautiful baby, Avery. Mm. And, um, I really felt like at that point, like, uh, I had gone through my storm. Mm. I really your storm was infertility. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like <laughs> like that gets to be my thing, and now I'm done with that. And really, I, we, I did. I mean, we interviewed Laura Kamick last year, and I can't remember what it was, but I think the title of her podcast was "That's Not Your Story." Mm. <laughs> yes, it's but it's done. kind of sometimes I think we we think about what our story is, and then God changes our mind about what that story is. Amen. Mm-hmm. Like I really was always like, you know, you don't hit the lottery twice, mm. and that's kind of how I felt. Like, wow, I hit my big life storm, and woo, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I can move on. And well, well, and just and I know that that's not your focus for tonight. To talk tonight, but what what was going on with your faith in that season? I mean, five years is a very long time. It was. Um, I think the biggest thing that came from that was 
A, don't suffer in silence. Mm. I spent a long time suffering in silence. I didn't want anybody to know. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really was quiet about what I was going through. And And knowing Avery's age and knowing that that was even longer ago than how old she is now. It, what people didn't talk about it that much. They didn't really. I mean, if you think that was 23 years mm-hmm. ago, it was not talked about a lot. And I had friends that were having not just one children child, but two and three children during that period. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that when I, you know, the Lord tells us like we are to share each other's burdens, mm-hmm. rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. You know, that's Romans 12, 15 is one of my favorite verses. Um, because that just became so real in my heart when I finally shared what it was that I was going through, the body of Christ showed up Mm -hmm. and they became the hands and feet of Jesus, which has become a theme of mine throughout my story. So, um, during that time, my faith wavered, um, and just like, is he a good God? Mm. Um, which I think is a question so many people ask in the midst of hardships. Mm-hmm. Um, but just learning that he he's good even when we can't see it. And he's working even when we can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that prior to Avery being born. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, some people will be like, oh, that's easy for you to say. Because you got a baby. Because you end. got a baby at the end. But my story wasn't pretty. Um, because Avery was born and she was premature, not a whole lot premature. She was born at 35 weeks. So most people be like, that's not even premature. But it also it was 18 years ago. It's mm-hmm. more premature than it is now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, she spent 15 days in the NICU and mm. she just really struggled. You would have thought like she was a lot more premature than that. But since we had gotten pregnant through fertility treatments, we pretty much knew exactly when she was conceived. Mm -hmm. Um, How many cells she was. Yes, Yes. exactly. (laughs) Every single thing there was to know. So she came home on an apnea monitor and we were only home for nine days when she turned blue on us, like completely blue, quit breathing blue. And so we were on the phone with our pediatrician who told us to take her to children's and we did. And she was readmitted Mm. and there for another week plus. How terrifying. It was. It was terrifying. I was a brand new mom. A brand new mom that had gone through Mm -hmm. a ton of fertility treatments and loss loss and Mm -hmm. I this I mean that would be that would be terrifying for any mother probably exponentially more Mm. so for you. It was so, I don't, I mean, I just remember just being so disheartened and thinking like, this isn't how this is supposed to be. Mm. This isn't how this is supposed to be. And I've so, already weathered my storm. Yes, I kept thinking. Did you know my mm-hmm. story yes, was the fertility, I the did. waiting and the fertility, Lord. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I could, this story is so long, but um, Avery has spent over 500 days of her life at Children's Medical Center. Um, she spent nine years on IV nutrition. She had a feeding tube until she was almost 15 years old. Wow. She um, has been septic more times than I care to tell people. Uh, Is and that because of having the tube and just like... She... To make a long story short, Avery does not have a bow to tie everything up with. 
Um, she does not have like a syndrome or one diagnosis to make it pretty. We have traveled multiple places to, um, to figure out what it is that Avery actually has. She has 12 different diagnoses. Oh, my goodness. oh wow. Um, but not one that would make it just nice right. and pretty. This is, what, mm-hmm. this is why all these yes. things are happening. Now. So we have lots of different specialists and it actually Harvard Medical Center has all of our saliva and mm. blood and urine. And they always say if they figured it out, it will be the Avery Aikman syndrome. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and I can only hope that as medicine progresses, that maybe someday they will figure that out. Mm. Because do you feel like it's all related somehow? I can't help but think that it would not be abnormal or it wouldn't be normal for someone to have 12 different diagnoses with all of the different um, systems that she has that, that are not somehow linked house- together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, it would be too odd in my opinion, but I am not a doctor, sure. even though I feel like I have earned a medical degree <laughs> with all of the yes. time that we have spent in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So that was, I would say, my second huge life storm mm. that we went through. And um, wow, you want to talk about God showing up. I I would say I hit rock bottom multiple times in the midst of that. Well, there's, I mean, I just, I was just thinking there's just, it's multifactored because you're hurting for you. I mean, I'm sure just like logistically, financially, but I mean, that pales in comparison yeah. for hurting for your little girl. Yeah. Like that you just want this, Normal I mean, we life. want this, yeah, perfect life for our kids. We, I mean, we want it to just be yeah, pain-free, pain-free, easy. So many layers. When she was little, I ached for myself. I mean, I spent all these years of infertility mm. wanting to be able to go to mops, mm-hmm. right? Mothers of preschoolers wanting to be in the play groups, wanting to do all of these things. And she had a really compromised immune system. So she mm. wasn't allowed to be around other children. And then we wanted, it was time for kindergarten and they said she couldn't go to kindergarten. Oh, she gosh. needed to be homeschooled because again, her immune system was not strong enough. So I homeschooled her for six years. And let me just tell you, I kudos to every homeschool mother because I was not created to be a homeschool mom. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And you found that out the hard way, but you still Mm -hmm. got the job. I did. We did it. And I laugh that um, I did not choose homeschooling. Homeschooling chose me. And Avery and I have lots of laughs to this day mm-hmm. about those years, but we made it through. And um, so there was... And she's not dumb as a rock. She's not, <laughs> believe it or not. But that is not because I homeschooled her. That is just the Lord's grace. I promise you that. Grace over that whole situation. Yes. I mean, that is one way he showed up He huge because if it would have been for me homeschooling that child, we would be at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> well, um, I, so I was... I don't know if I was telling Laura this. Uh, Yeah, I think I did tell you this, but I probably told a million people this, but Lydia has been sick for like 12 days. And um, on day nine, um, she was like Friday, uh, she, she went to the doctor, everything was negative. 
They put her on antibiotics anyway because her throat didn't look, it kind of looked like it might be strep. And then they gave her a, a steroid shot. So Friday afternoon, she's like feeling so much better. Um, why am I telling this story? I'm, I'm going to tell it and hopefully it'll come to me why I'm telling you this story. Um, so y'all don't always get to hear the why am I telling this story in the middle of it. That's just what, usually your inner voice? That's just usually my inner voice, but I whispered it this time. I whispered it. Why? Why are you saying this? Anyways, so I let her go out. Oh, bad parents. <laughs> bad parents. Bad parenting. That's why. So anyway, she was feeling better. She hadn't been out for so long. And so I was like, she wanted to go out with her friends. And she's like, bebopping. And can I go? And I'm like, sure. She's all she, roided up. She's all roided up and feeling much better. Kyle, meanwhile, is like, no, we should not let her go. She is sick. <laughs> she is literally sick this morning. She had a fever this morning. <laughs> And don't like, but she's on antibiotics and I'm a seven. So right. Yeah. So I mean, yes. And it's Cinco de Mayo and she wants to go get Mexican food and have a taco ice cream thing. (laughs) I'm like, okay. And in my mind, she was going to be on antibiotics for like 36 hours. And then she was going to go play in her very last volleyball tournament ever. Friday night, she goes out with her friend. She sees her volleyball coach while she's out. Then the next morning, I have to, that she's running a fever again, and her throat looks even worse than yesterday, even though she's been on the antibiotics. And I have to, I have to text the team, including the coach, that my daughter can't come to the tournament because she's sick. It's crickets. I still haven't heard from the coach, because I'm sure he thinks I'm a liar, and what is actually true is I'm a terrible parent, okay? But I say that two to Two things say, can be true at the Two same things time. can it's be true. Good. Yes, exactly. I am not a liar, but I am the kind of parent that lets their child go out when they're sick. Anyway, all that to say, homeschooling, I am, I, in my mind, I imagine, I imagine it being like, Tuesday and my kids being like, we don't want to do this. And I'm like, yeah, me either. I mean, we already put in 30 minutes. We put in 30 (laughs) minutes. You know what? Like going in the sunshine is school. Let's, let's go learn about being in the sunshine. Harbor's open. Let's, yeah, I wonder if Hurricane Harbor's open. We could go to the zoo and like read some plaques while we're there. Yes. And ride that parasol. Yeah, anyway, all that to say, I just can only imagine how dumb my kids would be with homeschool. And I, I again, um, we did, we, we did, Laura and I did a podcast during the pandemic, and it was just she and I, like that first summer 2020, because we weren't having guests over. And, um, and I rem- we were talking about the, the brief window where we were sem- semi homeschooling our kids. And I had like on basically March 15th, like lifted my hands in the air in complete defeat and was like, I'm not doing this. (laughs) Kyle was like, can you make a schedule? I'm like, who even cares? We're eating long-term chicken. (laughs) Nobody knows that. Nobody knows what long-term chicken is yet, but they will know. Anyway, I, I, I get really despairing very quickly and I'm like, no, nothing matters. But I'm like, I feel like even if that was like... I, I just, yeah, I can, I can imagine what homeschooling would have been like you know if what? that was. If I was, if I had homeschooled my children, I think they would be smarter. Oh, yeah. Because I would have had nothing to do with it and they would have just had to learn to teach themselves. <laughs> you know, there were, there were many days like what both of you are describing. Let me just say, I just, I really had to 
lean on a lot of other homeschool moms mm-hmm. and reminded me that there is lots of grace because it was not pretty. Avery still laughs about the day she threw her book across the room. <laughs> We would have had a lot of that. And yes. also, I mean, that. you now you work in the public school system, correct? Yeah, I did before that, too. Okay, and I oh, was wow. a teacher for a hot minute, and I'm like, there were days that, like, I'm just going to be honest, in Irving ISD, we didn't get much done. Because, okay, so that wasn't <laughs> just true if fun. I was a homeschool mom. I mean, also, there were days when I was in Irving an actual ISD teacher. as an actual teacher where I was like... Not that homeschool moms not, aren't actual I'm like, teachers. not today, friends. Like, today, yeah. we are... Let's do indoor recess. We're going to do a lot of... We're going to... We're gonna make this caterpillar and we're gonna make this be math okay yeah, actually, yeah. i did yeah. teach first grade so a lot of times they making the caterpillar was math it's all good they need to learn to read caterpillar that's great the caterpillar yeah <laughs> um so y'all you six six years yes homeschooling so that's kinder through fifth right okay. and so then in sixth grade she finally got to go to mohawk hmm. and that was just such a glorious time um that she finally got to go to public school. Was that scary? Very. Yeah. Yes. I remember thinking like, what is going to happen? And Avery actually was the one that really like, she was adamant. She's like, I cannot stay home anymore. Like I want to be with people. I want to be with, you know, and we had been talking with the doctors at that point quite a bit saying like, Hey, like how long, this is not sustainable. Like, this is just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to be social. She wants Yes, friends. because she... while physically she had a ton of ailments, mm-hmm. cognitively and socially, she was a very um, age-appropriate child. Mm-hmm. So that was just, it was she really. Was just, she was losing out so much. Yes, on, um, yes. Ex- experiences, even though you, you were letting her learn about grass. <laughs> yes, <Some> exactly. <laughs> no, we were swinging doing our math facts. Yeah. You know? We were very much um, feeling like we were missing out. And so that was, that was great. I will say that she, she did remarkably well. Mm. Uh, you know, she she still has a lot of health issues. A lot of people have no idea what she goes through on a daily basis. Most people have no idea what she goes through on a daily basis. Um, but she is just she's one of my biggest heroes. Mm. She just she's resilient. She has she's a warrior. She mm. really is. And she's getting ready to graduate and um Probably one of the next scariest things I'm going to uh-huh. do is send her to college. Where's she going to go? Did she know? Yes, she's going to Stephen F. Austin, and she is majoring in nursing. Oh, oh wow. my goodness! So when you just think yeah. about how the Lord has brought so that neat. full circle, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's just really sweet. So that was my second biggest life storm. And though. then now you're done now, right? You get I thought yes, I'm done. That's <laughs> it. You did it twice, God. So you allowed two big things that's and now it. I want to be I'm done. done. Was that not true? No, it's not true. <laughs> okay. When Avery was seven, well not quite seven, her um dad hmm. decided to leave both of us. Hmm. And it was a complete abandonment. Oh my goodness. In the mix, in the height of homeschooling and yes. not being able to And all work. of her still medical problems. Yes. And I learned that my entire marriage had been a lie. Um, Avery's dad, my 
ex um, had not been faithful to me my our entire marriage. Mm. Yeah. So that was just one of probably my lowest mm-hmm. points. I, um, I just really thought, God, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why all these things? Yes. And again, just, I mean, it's so multi layered. It's embarrassing and oh. you're, you feel so betrayed and it's kind of gross. I mean, we, it's just all so awful. And I mean, we were talking, I, like I had, I had surgery two weeks ago, like the level of stress in our, in our house was so high, which it wasn't like, it was like so bad. It was just like, just one extra thing that's like kind of hard and then all of a sudden, like we're turning on each other, and maybe we're gonna we're either we're either gonna eat each other or long term chicken. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring that long term chicken <laughs> in here, it, but like you know, but I'm gonna keep throwing it in there until somebody asks me about long term <laughs> chicken. Um, but but this that the level of stress of just having like one extra thing, like one like I don't feel good, and then this. So to have to deal with something so devastating. In the midst of like, you still have to be a mom. You are responsible for this child's education. That alone would make me just want to send my arms up into despair. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, you're trying to manage all the doctor's appointments, all the things, the Mm -hmm. extra little medical things that you have to do for Avery every single day. And Mm -hmm. then, and that's just like, that's just. That's just Tuesday. Like, that's mm-hmm. just because it's Tuesday and I do that every Tuesday. And then throw something devastating like that on top of it. It's just... Mm-hmm. It just was just... Too much. It did. It felt like too much. Mm-hmm. I felt like I w- could not go on. Um, but it was really, again, a time when, like the Lord's people showed up. Um, I y'all were in the neighborhood. We were in the neighborhood. Yes, we were in the neighborhood. I told Laura, I was like, I just remember like how I've known you for a decade or more is like, I remember we used to like in the park, they would do like fundraisers. Like there, people would be like selling bracelets and stuff for Avery. Like there would be Mm -hmm. events at the park and Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, yes, yes. In the neighborhood. And that's like where I first heard your name. Yes. I mean, I always say we leave it, we live in like, leave it to Beaverville because this neighborhood is just so incredible. But it was during that time that I, I had told a friend came to pick me up to take me to the movies and I was kind of like in a fog. And I Mm. said, I think my husband's having an affair and she was like, what, what, why are you, what do you mean? And I was, and was he still working in ministry? No, he, he actually never ended up going into ministry. Okay. He was actually working at children's medical center at the time, which Mm. was very intertwined. Mm -hmm. Um, he had told my dad that he was going on a retreat with his Bible and two pair of jeans and he just needed to get away because he had a lot, you know, with caring for 
everything that was going on. I'm pretty sure he left both of those things at home. But mm. the Bible and the two jeans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it was while he was gone that I figured out that he was not there. Mm. Um, so all that to say that friend took me and um I was going to church at the heights at the time and she just took me to one of our pastors and to make a very long story short, within 48 hours, my living room was full of like 14 oh. people, um, including my brother-in-law, my oh. my ex's brother, just there wow. surrounding Avery and I. My parents had come down from Nebraska just saying like, how are we going to get you all through this? And it was at that point that I was like, I have no idea how I am going to put one foot in front of the other. I don't know how I'm going to get up tomorrow. I don't, I was not working. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a stay at home mom for Avery. I, I, I did not know how I was going to do anything. So did, when he went on that retreat, that was him leaving? He came back, um, for mm-hmm. like a, a couple of days and then that was it. And I'm, I, I think it's so neat how God uh, had a friend coming over. I don't, I don't know your personality. My personality is probably to isolate and hide. Um, when hard things happen, it would be, it, it, again, it, it feels humiliating. It was when somebody cheats and, and even though it has nothing to do with you, it can feel like a personal failure and the a tendency can be to one of just like protect him, hide, pretend like everything's fine, put your head in the sand, an ostrich. And, um, God was like, no, we're not doing that. We've got a friend coming over and we're going to fill your house up with people. Yes. And it's funny you say that because I, I have learned over the, the seasons that I went to divorce care three times. I'm a slow learner (laughs) and, (laughs) and I, or you're just really thorough. One or the other. One or the other. I like how you... But based on her experience with homeschool, I might... I don't know who... What, who's to say? You know, you just... You never know. Um, so I went there and I learned... One of the best lessons I learned was that I don't care if if one person has 95% of the fault and the other person has 5% of the fault, you have to know what your, your fault mm-hmm. in that the downfall of the break mm-hmm. in your marriage was. Right. And so my fault and the downfall in our marriage was that I, I did not bring things into the light. Mm. I continuously made things look better than they were. And there was a lot of things that were happening inside of our home. Mm. Um, that I didn't share. Um, there were people knew what was happening outside of our, our home looked Mm. really pretty. Mm. And then, um, we had a caring bridge site for Avery and that caring bridge site looked beautiful because my ex was wonderful with words and made everything look very pretty. And I thought that, being a a godly wife meant that you didn't ever um, challenge that, even when that meant just bringing truth into light. Right, like not exposing. That's not exactly how that went down. Or yes, um, exposing sin, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that you have to air your dirty laundry to everyone. Correct. But I didn't 
tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And so... Or even challenge him directly. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I was afraid to do so because mm-hmm. of some things that were happening inside of our home. Um, it's I still struggle to use the word abuse, but if I'm honest, there was abuse happening inside of our home. Um, he was an alcoholic, is an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and... Um, if he was sober, things were great. But Mm -hmm. when he was not sober, things were not great. And so all of that to say, I didn't bring that to light. I wanted everybody to believe that I had the perfect Mm -hmm. marriage and the perfect husband and all of that. And that is the, that is my part that I played in the downfall of our marriage, because I believe I'm not saying it could have saved our marriage, but I feel like it could have at least helped him. Well, and I think sometimes it can, <coughs> Sorry, this idea of, of like loyalty and honoring your husband um, can get really twisted. It does. And, and sometimes calling out sin, exposing sin is honoring and is being more loyal. But it, I mean, and it's really hard because you also don't know what's on the other side of that. You don't. Like there's no promise that it's going to yield change, that people are going to believe you, especially, you know, years ago. Um, no. And and at the end of the day, what I, I, I don't know the right answer to that, but I do know that God does not want any woman to live in abuse mm-hmm. and that he can't work through through sin if it's kept in the darkness. Mm-hmm. We have to bring it to the light in order for him to, to work through it. So that that's just a little piece of, of what I learned. And when you Mm -hmm. were saying, you know, how, how sweet it was that he brought a friend over because Mm -hmm. your personality would have been to keep that kind of hidden. Yeah. I would, I, that was really where I was at. And I feel like he just plopped her right in my life so that I could not today, Angie, not today, not today, today, sister, you're you're done hiding. Yes. And then not only was I done hiding, I mean, I think honestly, um, you know, I, I don't know if I was, if that was pre-podcast or in the early part of this podcast today, but we were talking about, I, I was talking about making a jack hole of myself about six to eight times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, w- uh, w- I, I, one of the things that I think was so attractive to me when I became a Christian, and I didn't become a Christian until I was 19, was, was like... That, and that re- I think that resonates with me because I am incapable of curating my image, like mm-hmm. <laughs> incapable, right? I am who I am, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I love what I loved about the gospel was was like this this idea that like we are just stumbling face forward. Pardon my French ass hanging out. Like, I mean, you know, I'm like, right. and, and like, and, and then loved and accepted. And that is so freaking liberating. Like, like to, to, to all of a sudden be like, not, not only is this true, but you all know, and you still love me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It's just, that's the most beautiful part. Like, and that leads that in, I don't have to hide this mm-hmm. anymore. I don't have to like, I don't have to make it look pretty. Right. I don't, I, I can confess because I'm not going to be met with condemnation mm-hmm. and shame. Yes. And I think that like the pride in myself, which I have had to totally die to 
recover from, I'm still recovering, was that I felt like I somehow had to make God look good. Mm. Like that it was my job to make him he doesn't need like me to make him look marriage. Good. We're supposed yes. to make it. Yes, he he's already done that work. He does mm. not need Angie to make him look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I can be as messy as I need to be because he's already done that. Mm-hmm. Oops. Oh, sorry, oh, that would have been my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, man. So that leads into the the I, beauty from ashes. Mm. So while I was in divorce care for the third time. Being Take thorough. three. <laughs> click. Click. That's right. Um, I was, I really, the third time I was there was because Avery was doing divorce care for kids. Oh, wow, cool. And she kept saying like, I want to go. I want to go, which I would suggest to anyone Does to take their kids. Does she have a relationship with her dad still? So. Um, I'm sorry to. No, you can ask. That's totally okay. fine. He has not visited her for several years. Um, and does not contact her. Her birthday was a couple months ago or a month ago and she turned 18 and he did send me a message that said to tell her happy birthday. Hmm. So he's not terribly engaged. That was the first baby. That would be an understatement. That would be an understatement. What a loss. I don't know her well, but she seems super cool. She's amazing. I'll tell you my brief interactions with her at the nail salon. I like her like I like her mom. (laughs) (laughs) She's spicy. She's spicy. She's like like Lydia Denny. She's a small version of her mother. Mm. Yes, she is. (laughs) She very much is. So um, divorce care for kids was great. Mm -hmm. She often says, like, I know that it's not my fault that he left, which she learned from divorce care, Mm -hmm. but I don't know why he chooses to not have a relationship Mm -hmm. with me, which is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Lord will work through that, I trust. And, you know, I still pray that he falls on his face in front of Jesus and Mm -hmm. restores his relationship with her. Mm -hmm. That would be the ultimate goal. And I believe that that can still happen. And so we call that your big ask prayer. That is my big ask prayer. Yeah, see, we're weaving those those questions in there anyway. But you were in divorce. I interrupted you. You were in divorce care take three. I was in divorce care take three. And this man was also in, um, he had already been through a year of recovery ministry called Prodigal. Um, And so he was in a really good place and I was in a really good place. And he had come to divorce care just because he felt like after going through a year of prodigal, I'm going to come and do some divorce care, just be around some like-minded people. And we were both sitting there and um, went through all of divorce care. We met, um, but had a lot in common and just kind of talked and then divorce care ended and he friended you me on did Facebook. So it's not like divorce care is not like, you know, AA where they're like, don't re- start a relationship. It is. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is a definite. Oh, scandalous. We got do some not scandal. start a relationship in divorce care. It is not a meat market. Okay. Like that is rule 101. But we did not. We ended divorce care and then he friended me on the Facebook. next day. <laughs> yes. And so we would like talk on Messenger and then finally he asked for my number and we would text. And then uh, that went on for about four months. And then it was in February. um, He asked if he could pursue a relationship Mm -hmm. with me. 
And he said that he was not playing because we had three children involved. So we were either going to figure out if this was what the Lord had and we were going to move forward or we were going to not. He's like, I'm not playing games. And then you were like, oh, no, I really want to play games. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) oh, too bad I'm out. Like, uh." and then that was in February of 2014. And we married in November of 2014. Oh, wow. And. The biggest gift that he gave me were Brayden and Lauren because mm. he had to, they were itty bitty when we met. Um, Brayden was four when we met and Lauren was 20, well, oh, wow. months. Yeah. So they were itty bitty mm. when we got married. Brayden was five and Lauren was not quite three. Wow. And so... We, um, he has had sole custody of Brayden and Lauren, um, due to some unfortunate circumstances there. Um, I would say that the most beautiful thing that has happened over the last almost nine years is the relationship that I have with his ex, um, Mm. because there has been some serious tumultuous times there. Um, and we, the Lord has just totally redeemed mm. and restored that. And we have an amazing relationship. That's awesome. But my other big ask would be that the Lord would repair and restore Brayden and Lauren's relationship mm. with her because that's still broken. Rocky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when you've gone through three different super hard intense seasons you get two big ask prayers thank you so, thank you that's all though you I can't think... ask any more okay <laughs> uh so so and how was that like morphing two families together wow that is not for the faint and heart well and i'm thinking avery had you to herself for a like to herself herself homeschooling only kid in for a, a hospital lot of room. Years. Yeah. Like this your sole attention all the time for nine plus years. Yeah. It almost 10. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was, it was hard. It was hard. I, I think it was beautiful. I wouldn't change it for anything, but all of us have openly talked about that. This is not the way that God created it. This is, God did not create marriage to end in divorce mm-hmm. and there to be remarriage. This was not his plan. Right. He's, he's taken, he, he's taken the broken pieces and putting it together. He has. And so we are grateful for his grace and his redemption. And we mm-hmm. thank him so much for this second chance. But because of the brokenness and the sin that has occurred, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And there are, I mean, there's friction. There's sometimes. times mm-hmm. that it's really not easy. Um, I will say that we, I feel like Dustin and I went into it eyes wide open. We had had some really good mentors before. And we, by this time you'd had like three big things happen to you. Yeah. At so this you point I'm like, oh, like, okay. Like, you, you realize know, like, that like, I am not, it's not like you're 20 <laughs> where you're like, what happened? My t- I have to, I have to buy new tires. <laughs> like you, you just realize, like, again, that's Tuesday, mm-hmm. you know, just like you, 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 some, somewhere, somewhere on the wrong side of 35, you start realizing life is just hard. It mm-hmm. is. It is. It's just hard. 
is it I always say if I woke up tomorrow there's a there's a line from Christmas Vacation where he's like if I woke up tomorrow with my head stapled to the carpet I wouldn't be any more surprised than I am right now <laughs> and I'm like I always say that because I'm like you know nothing would surprise me so um we just went into it as open-eyed as we could we surrounded ourselves with as many mentors and blended families as we could mm. um We've made a ton of mistakes and we just ask for a lot of forgiveness and all three of our kids are in therapy. So <laughs> we'll just keep right. a therapist in. Sure. in well, business. of course, one of, one of my favorite therapists who might be quoting one of her th- favorite therapists um, always says to me, it's not what you, it's not what you do. It's, it's what you do after what you did. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, I love that. I love it's it. Her. It's her that says that all the time. I love Laura. it. Yeah. I love I, it. I stole it from somebody else, but yes, I do like to use it. Yeah. It's, it's, but I'm like, that is, I mean, the, and, and again, back to the gospel, it's like, we are not going to do this right. We are not going to do this perfectly. We no. are, there are going to be mistakes. Mistakes, mistakes were, were made. made. Okay. That's why my husband apologizes. <laughs> mistakes, mistakes were made. made. I love it. <laughs> um, mistakes were made, but like, it, it's, it's what we do the owning our part um the circling back that yeah. I keep coming back to you saying that um I think that it, there's so much wisdom I mean I tell my kids that all the time like yes she was wrong he was wrong you can only control one person mm-hmm. and, so and it look isn't at your, she and he and it, is it she <laughs> or he so let's take a look at the person you can control and what part of that you can change going forward. Yeah. Because you can't change what's already happened. How yeah. would you like to change it going forward? And I think that's a, a big thing that you did. I, To me, with what happened to you, that you even have mm-hmm. the level of insight to recognize that there's something that you could have done differently. Mm-hmm. And Don't again, give me credit no. for that. That was divorce care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you owned it. You're sharing it into a microphone. You get some credit. Oh, it's, it's just... Learning, I think, as you go through all of the hardships in life and trying to take just one tiny little piece of wisdom from each hardship and move it forward with you as you take that next step. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even mention the the health struggles that I went through mm. um, in the midst of Avery's dad leaving. I had got picked up an MRSA pneumonia from the hospital from being in there with Avery so much. And so I had my own health struggles, which was tons of fun. And so, yeah, we had all of that on top of it. Now, how did y'all, I'm, I'm just going to hijack this and go in a totally different direction, but we didn't talk about it early on. How did y'all end up at DBC? Now, a part of the other reason that I feel like I know you more than I do is because you and Jana Taylor are friends. Yes. And, Jana's son Connor yes. and Hank pal around. Yes. So my son pals around with Connor Taylor. So, uh, so Jana always mentions you. Jana loves you. I love Jana. Well, I love Jana et cetera, too. Et cetera. But how did y'all end up at DBC? So, I had been at the Heights, and then I love the Heights so much. But when I went through my divorce, decided that I would go to Watermark. They had a lot of ministries ministries. there that Mm -hmm. were great for singles, uh, 
single again, I should say, divorce care, all of those types of things. And then that's where Dustin and I met. Mm -hmm. And then we had felt for a long time like the Lord was leading us elsewhere. And so we had been praying about where that might be. DBC kept coming up over and over and over. And the Taylors and us had been talking a lot about DBC and they had started attending before we did. And we were really just praying about if that really was where the Lord would have for us. And that was about the time that the pandemic happened. And so everything shut down. So it was a great time to start watching church online. Mm. And it kind of felt like a safe way to start can visit from your living room. Yes, exactly. Safe way to start visiting church. And we fell in love. The second that we started watching online, we just were like, this is where the Lord has for us. And then when we walked in that first time, which we watched from home for over a year with Avery and all of her health issues, obviously we were home for longer than most. And so when we walked in, it just felt like home. Mm. We just knew. It's been amazing. We're so grateful to be at DBC. That's awesome. That's awesome. And your husband serves like he's one of the like hired um, police officers, right? That like that desk, like kind of keeps everything secure on Sundays. Isn't that yes. right? Yes. Yep. Okay. He's one of the police officers there. He also serves on the security team. And so he does that. And then I am working on the hospital ministry team. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, I'm pretty comfortable in a hospital, uh, working with families that have children in the mm. hospital. So mm, That's heavy. That's awesome. That's great. It's neat how God can use that. It is. It's, it's crazy. Like I, my dream job, I always say, so obvious, I'm a school counselor. Um, my dream job would be to be able to counsel families that are inside a hospital. And so I would say that if somebody would have a hospital ministry position, like that does Mm. nothing but visits families Mm -hmm. inside a hospital, that would be my dream job. Mm -hmm. I would love that. Yeah. Well, and you would have such, such perspective. I would, I would just love to. One of the questions we ask sometimes is how, how do you think God has uniquely gifted you? I don't know if you feel like that was a unique gift given to you or a a unique gift that you earned, but that's a, that's a really special thing to want to do that because I feel like a lot of people would want nothing to do with that. It's too heavy. It's too hard. Hospitals freak them out or whatever. Um, it's hard to be with people in pain. Yeah. It's hard to be with people in pain. So I hope that that job exists and that you get to do it because that would be amazing. I needed. I would say it's a job that has evolve or a gift that has evolved. Mm-hmm. Obviously I've always had the compassion the Lord has given me because I've wanted to go into counseling since I was a child. Mm-hmm. So that has been something that I've had, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been specifically geared towards mm-hmm. that, you know, that state. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been through it. You know what that feels like. I, th- I think for me, I, um, just to go back to you owning your part, I do love, if anybody wants to take anything away from this, being vulnerable, um, being feeling exposed, some of my least favorite things, mm-hmm. um, 
It is so important in the body of Christ for people to see you, to know, for things to be brought to the light, even when it's hard. Um, you know, I know it, it's hard to say. We've talked to a few people thinking about coming on the podcast or just people that are my clients who it's hard to label when you've been really mistreated in a relationship. And it's even harder to bring that to the surface. Um, but I think it's really brave and it's really needed. It is not fun. It's not. And it's something that I've obviously struggled with from, you know, infertility and Mm-hmm. struggling and su- suffering in silence there's a common theme there is <laughs> there is i wish i did not have it but there's a reason it took three times huh? I, I think it's probably taken more than that to you know not bringing things into the light mm-hmm. and it is i cannot say that i'm completely recovered i am recovering well we live in a, a culture and i'm like talking specific like richardson texas Christian culture where we want things to look really buttoned up. Mm-hmm. We like the bow to mm-hmm. make did, things look pretty. Did y'all see this was floating around probably five years ago, but there was like a meme that had Kristen. Um, oh gosh, what's her name? She was on Saturday Night Live. Goofy. Wig. Kristen Wig, And it had like all the suburbs of Dallas and it had oh, the did. funny pictures of Kristen Wig. I'm going to post this on your, like, I'm going to find it yeah. and I'm going to post yes, it on it yours. It was really funny. Because it's so funny. But it had all the, the suburbs of uh, Dallas with, like, Kristen Wig characters. And um, and it was hilarious. Like, you know, like the West Plano. And it's, like, this giant earrings and all this makeup. And then, like, you know, in Denton, she's got, like, a trucker cap on. And, you know, <laughs> like, and then they've got, like, this deep Ellum one where she's got, like, these, like, goofy pigtails with a beanie cap on it, you, you know, like, yes. you know, just artsy fartsy looking. And then, but they had Richardson on there and it's like her looking like glowing and like in a garden with her hair, just you know, like, you it's know, it's so like everything's so perfect. perfect. Everything's perfect in Richardson. That's mm-hmm. what it looks so like. True. Anyway, um, a hundred percent. I mean, that's, I think that's true in our culture in our American culture. I think it's, very true in our Dallas culture, but even more so, I think in our Richardson culture, mm-hmm. not, it's not as Dallasy as Richardson isn't as Dallasy as Dallas is, mm-hmm. but it's a different kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It, uh, like, and a lot of times I think it's, it's image management, but it's also me projecting on other people. Like you don't want to hear the truth, which is unfair. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't want to hear, um, my hard and, and also probably I don't want to tell you my heart because I want to look glowing in a garden. Mm-hmm. Or that um, our family has it together and yes. that we're really, and that's, that's the different kind of perfect that Richardson is, is that it's like these, I don't, I, it's uh, our neighborhood in particular. I'm like, you can name the five divorced people in our neighborhood. I mean, mm. yes. Like, mm-hmm. and that's not because all these marriages are perfect. I'm guessing. Mm. Right. But like, that's mm-hmm. because there's like this image thing of like, and again, I'm not uh, like, I'm not saying we all need to get divorced. Let's all leave our husbands. <laughs> We're rallying You heard together. it here first, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> Jessica Denny says, let's all leave our husbands. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it's like, with, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine uh, again, I think our I think our neighborhood is a microcosm of Richardson at large, mm-hmm. but like th- it, that that there is this drive to like look like we are an iconic family. Yes. You do live in Beaver, 
Leave it to Beaver. Leave it to Beaverville. Yes. Yes. I've called it Mayberry forever. Yes. Yes. And I think that the Christian culture... And that's a, a good that's too. a good thing, and mm-hmm. it's also yes. There's dangers there. There are a lot of pitfalls in that, and sometimes as believers, I think we fall into that. Like I was saying, you have to make God look good, mm. right? And mm-hmm. so, in order to make Him look good, which we we don't need to make Him look good. Sure, He's don't you think that's that also work. part of? The, but it's that's mm-hmm. interesting that you say that because don't you think w- with our neighborhood that's part of it too that we're we're all trying to make God look good. If we get divorced, well, we're all we all go to church. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. We're all Christians. We're yes. all Bible believing Christians. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, that was one of the hardest things I think that I went through was just that embarrassment of like mm. I went to a Bible college, I grew up in church, you know. What are people going to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of that, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I rem- I heard some people say, like, you're the last person I ever thought would have get it. And that was not helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. That did not help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do y'all think it's helpful that before we, like, get out? of the car at church, I shame my children and I'm like, you are representing the paces, <laughs> shove it down deep and to the side and stop arguing and walk in with a smile. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not perpetuating that, that cultural problem at all. Am I? No, no. Okay. I literally told a patient today with her mother and her aunt mm. that were in my office. How about y'all could bicker about this later? <laughs> I literally said that. <laughs> I'm like, I got one hour, and how about y'all have this bickering later? And not I'm here like, in this mental health care right, office. Like, I'm gonna try. Like, I, this is not helping. Yeah, like, yeah. So. <laughs> That's funny. I know, but I mean, I even it is. I can I can see both. Where I I like to do my my image management. Um, sure. And also, I really see the importance of an authentic. Um, vulnerable life. And like you said, I thought that was an important point too. You can do that and not everybody gets full access to your story, right? but you have your choice people, um, that really know you that are really safe. Somebody needs to hear that story. That's right. Cause like you say, Jess, none of us are getting out of here without getting kicked in the teeth some. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I think I struggled with that for a while. I went from like not telling anybody then to telling everybody. And then you realize that's not safe either. Sure. So it is kind of learning who So then that you decided to come on a podcast. Is. And now I'm here. <laughs> Let me just tell the world. I'm so glad you did. Me too. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me. No, we loved having you. I, I mean, I... I, um, like I said, uh, you are somebody that as soon as I met you, um, and we didn't even get to tell all that part, but if you ask me later, when you, when you you find out about the long-term chicken, you can find out why I love Angie Shields. (laughs) I want to know more. We share our shame. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Our guilty pleasure. Um, (laughs) don't say it in the microphone because I I know it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, I love her. I love her still. I'm glad she lives around the corner from me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Angie, thank you so much for coming on Embarrassment of Riches. 